Hello everyone. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of What's Up with SaaS. Uh, today we have uh, with us Dylan Hay, uh, co-founder of Hay Digital, which is a PPC agency for B2B and SaaS companies. He's also the uh, producer and host of the SaaS Marketing Show. Uh, welcome Dylan and uh, many congratulations on your new office and also being awarded uh, the uh, one of the best B2B companies in Estonia. Can't get uh, better uh, midway 2020, yeah? <laughs> right, yeah. Thank you so much for the nice introduction, Raj. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, thank you for the congratulations. You're right. It's been, um, it's been a fun couple of months for us. I'm very grateful for that because I know it. I can't say the same for, for everybody else. But yeah, congratulations to you also on launching the show because I know this is fairly, fairly early on with, uh, with the launch of this, right? So I'm super excited to be a guest for you today and, uh, and yeah, hopefully share some valuable stuff with everyone who's watching or, or listening to this. Right. So uh, today's topic, viewers, is uh, how PPC can be a game changer uh, for the B2B and SaaS businesses as a strategy. Dylan, before we dig deep, tell us about yourself and how Hey Digital came about and uh, why did you choose a niche service for a niche domain? Sure. Yeah, really great question. So um, I've been running Hey Digital now officially for about two years and previous to setting up this business, I'd worked within a number of different SaaS and software companies. So um, before setting up Hey Digital, I worked at a company called Leadfeeder, which is a website uh, identification tracking platform, like visitor intelligence platform. And I joined them when we were a fairly small company and experienced some really great growth with those guys. And then previous to that, I was working for Hootsuite, the social media management platform. So I worked there when they'd already been through that hyper growth period and were now positioning as like a stable enterprise business. So I've been fortunate to experience both sides of that kind of early stage SaaS startup growth and also what happens after that initial uh, explosive growth has happened. And um, when I was working at Leadfeeder, I was also starting to build out my own personal brand, speak at different events, do different podcasts, things like this. And it became very clear pretty early on that I was building enough of, a, enough of an audience to be able to do my own thing. And that's when we decided to launch Hey Digital. So it was just myself. I now have a co-founder, Celia, who joined about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. We're a small team of four currently, but we're, we're growing right now. So also just to, to put in, if anyone here listening to this or watching this is uh, PPC like paid media specialist or any digital designers where we have a couple of positions open right now. And yeah, we decided to focus on SaaS companies and B2B software companies purely because first of all, that's where my experience was before starting Hey Digital. And that's where my brand had been built. That's where all of my audience were positioned. So it made a natural segue or a natural transition. And then secondly to that is that many, whether you're an early stage SaaS business or we, we tend to work with like mid-stage SaaS companies or companies that have already raised funding. And at that point, Usually it's like one or two people doing a variety of different marketing tasks, but also wanting to experiment with paid media. And we found it's just so clear that it's very, very challenging for one person to look after paid media and all of the other marketing activities within a SaaS company or within a B2B startup and see results. And right. I think that's why so many B2B companies or so many SaaS companies fail with paid media or think it doesn't work for them is because honestly, they don't have the time, the resources all the quality to dedicate to it. So it was very clear to me very early on that there's a big kind of gap in the market and need for this. And because of my previous experience and my, I guess, network that I've been building, it just seemed to be a very clear transition to, to make. So that's kind of why we, why we went down that route and that avenue. Right. And uh, SaaS anyway was going global and, uh, you know, exploding across the world and so much of more opportunities coming. 
So obviously the mid, uh, mid segment has got a huge opportunity there. Uh, what would you recommend in terms of a broad framework for the B2B or SaaS companies? What are those uh, you know, pillars on which they should sort of build uh, the PPC strategy? Sure. Yeah, it's a really great question. I wish there was one, like one straight answer that's the same for everybody, right? So I'll have to kind of, before I dive into some of these tactics today, I will say that not the same thing isn't going to work for everyone. You have to take into consideration what kind of stage your business is at, what kind of business you run, what your sales process and sales funnel looks like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there are a few things that I believe every, every business listening to this or watching this should, should keep in mind. Um, so maybe we'll start with the kind of most important high level things to, to implement that you can do whether you're early stage, whether you have small budget, et cetera. Yeah. And those are the really important things to begin with. So um, I truly believe that every single SaaS company, every single B2B company should at the very least be running their own remarketing ads, right? This is super important within a SaaS sales cycle or a B2B sales cycle. I think, I think the average statistic is people, people look at a product or a website between like, I think it's 11 and 17 times or something like that before they're ready to make a purchasing decision. And within, within SaaS, that usually looks like, okay, they'll come to your website, they'll read a few things, they'll leave, then they'll go and look at a review site, maybe Captera or G2. Then yeah. they'll probably look at your competitor's website because being realistic, very few SaaS companies are the only ones within their niche. There's always multiple competitors. So they'll go and look at the competitors. Then maybe they'll watch a YouTube video about the software, like space that you're in, et cetera. So you need to make sure that you're following up with those people and not missing out on those people whose attention you've already captured. And a really cost-effective way to do that is with remarketing ads. And this is something that is very easy to set up for anyone watching or listening to this. And um, we always recommend that being the starting point. So if, if an early stage company comes to me and they say, hey, we have a very limited paid ads budget, where are we going to see the best returns? It's something as simple as setting up your remarketing ads because those are always the highest performing, the highest performing ads and um, areas within the business anyway, because those people are already aware of you. So we would always begin there. And then the next steps are really dependent on, um, dependent on budget essentially, and dependent on how your sales funnel is working and how everything else is going in the back end. One piece of advice that I give to everybody is that actually most of the time, if someone comes to us and they want us to run their ads or they're asking, hey, should I be running ads for my SaaS company? Right. I would honestly say 95% of the time, those people aren't actually ready to start ads. And here's why. I think you should always make sure before you run any paid media, apart from remarketing, before you run any paid media to people that don't know about you, don't know about your brand, there's certain things that you need to have figured out first. So um, of course, we're always working on improving our conversion rates from like website visitor to trial sign up, trial sign up to paid user and then activated user, for example. But right. you shouldn't be running any paid ads without, without putting some significant effort and time into that and without knowing or being confident that your product is working well in the back end. If, if people are not converting from a free trial or from your freemium plan to your paid plan, you shouldn't put money into ads. You should put money into fixing that conversion problem first. So that's one thing to know. And then the other thing that we, we really, we, this isn't essential, but I would really recommend that anyone running ads, any of our clients that we manage ads for, we always see that they see the most success when they have a solid content marketing um, arm to their business, something that's been working for a while. Like if, if you're trying to start content marketing and ads at the same time, you, you can see success, but it's much easier to see better success from advertising and see more money in return from the dollars that you spend 
when you have great content to be leveraging. So you can be using that in your remarketing flows, in your prospecting flows, in everything else. So those are a couple of the core things to really, really focus on before just before switching on ads. But then some of the other things I would say um, that are, I guess I'll focus on like high intent things that you can do quickly to see quick wins. So one of those is within Google campaigns, you can do competitor ads, like targeting people that are searching for your competitors. So let's say um, you want to capture any traffic for people that are searching for your competitor name mm. plus alternative or something like that right if people are searching for alternatives for your competitors maybe reviews for your competitors then it makes sense serving up ads to those and driving them to a landing page that's specific to those competitor campaigns that you're running and depending on how many competitors you have that can be a pretty high kind of high intent audience to focus on and pretty straightforward to set up then it's always focusing on the highest buying intent kind of keywords would be if i had a limited budget i would really just focus on competitor ads remarketing and then high intent keywords so let's say the example the company I used to work at, Lead Feeder, right? Mm-hmm. And high intent keyword would be anything along the lines of people that are searching on Google specifically for website visitor identification platform. Like there's not going to be a huge volume, but there will be lots of keywords like that and related to that, which are very high intent, where if you have a limited budget, I would focus on those. And I would kind of end it at that point, depending on what volumes are at. Now, as we start to see increased budgets, because I'm just trying to factor everything in depending on the kind of stage that people listening to this will be at, because I would imagine most people would kind of be early stage SaaS companies, right? That's the- I was just coming to that as to how do you differentiate your strategy or change it as an early or mid stage or a late uh, stage SaaS company? So the, the, only, the only thing that I change and the only thing that I really consider isn't necessarily the stage of the company, it's more so the budgets that they have because essentially with ads, like there's, if you have a very small budget, if you have like a couple thousand dollars a month to spend, it doesn't make sense to be running lots of different tests because in order for ad platforms to perform successfully and for you to see results from paid advertising, you need to give the ad platforms as much conversion data as possible. And so if I have a budget of a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars a month and I'm running like 50 different campaigns, then in each of those campaigns, we might only see one or two conversions. And if that's happening, then we don't collect enough data to actually make any informed decisions or to know what's working and why it's working. So that's why um, we keep our campaign structure very, very simple across all of the different social platforms and search platforms too. And that's why I would focus on like, if you're early stage, I say that because budget is normally smaller. And that's when I focus on just purely like remarketing alone and then high intent audiences. Then as you start to scale out, that's when we start to place more, place larger bets on other campaigns. So for example, with a lot of our clients, we see really great success on Facebook and Instagram specifically. But the reason that we is because we have our own internal design team who are amazing at creating really great ad creative from a video, GIF and image perspective. And we're able to push those out at volume and high pace. And we have good data from our clients to build lookalike audiences off the back of. Now, an early stage SaaS company, they probably won't have the budget for a great quality ad specific designer, and they maybe won't have lots of data to use. So once you get to that mid stage, where we see success on on Facebook and Instagram especially is when you have, like, let's say you go into your CRM system, you have a, a, you can export a list of all of your highest value customers over the last one or two years or all of the people on your highest tier payment plan and then import that into Facebook and the social networks and 
build what's called a lookalike audience off the back of that. And you, you say to Facebook, hey, I want to serve ads to people that are similar to the people within this list. Where we see success on social with advertising is being able to feed the best quality data to the platforms. That's the first really, really important step. So yes, you can use lookalike audiences of like everyone who's visited my website, for example. But what we really want to be doing is giving high intent data to the platforms to optimize right. on we, we take those high intent data and then we're testing ad creative at volume. But when it comes to the actual structuring of the campaigns, things are very, very simple. So we do a simple, a variety of different prospecting campaigns and those are testing different lookalike audiences. So it will be lookalike audiences of highest value customers, lookalike audiences of all purchases within the last 30 days. It can be things like lookalike audiences of anyone who has added multiple users into their account for some clients and the prospecting campaigns will be focused usually just on lookalikes. Um, and then we have the remarketing campaigns. And then if we have more budget, we start testing different use case specific campaigns. For example, like if it's a software that serves multiple different industries or has multiple different use cases within the product, then we start scaling out off the back of that. And we begin introducing content campaigns. So if you're producing high quality blog posts, lead magnets, um, white papers, webinars, always pushing those in their own campaigns as well. But we keep it fairly, fairly simple. So that's where I say the kind of difference between early stage and mid stage is more focused just purely on the budgets that they have available to them. Because one of the biggest challenges is that people are with paid ads anyway, and why people don't see success there is that honestly, they don't give enough budget to their testing. They, they, tr they expect to see amazing results with a small budget and with lots of testing going on. And that's where people stumble most of the time. You have to, I know it seems scary, but you have to give as much kind of control as possible to the, to the ad platforms and let them make the decisions for you. And then once you see what's happening, once you have enough data collection, then you step in and make the, make the adjustments. Right. Even, uh, even Google per se, you know, skew the budgets towards the most performing uh, campaigns. Right. And also, uh, it is PPC essentially is now much beyond Google. And like you said, you know, number of uh, platforms which can be used and that's how you look at it, uh, beyond Google. Right. Yeah. So we, we look at it as, okay, not just platform specific, but we're looking at, okay, as I mentioned earlier on, there are so many different touch points within a sales cycle. So it really makes sense for us to have a presence on as many of those different platforms as possible. Now, typically with most of our SaaS clients, the majority of the spend is on Google for search campaigns and then on Facebook and Instagram. But of course, we're also running ads on LinkedIn for clients. We're running ads on Capterra is often a pretty popular one within the SaaS kind of space and niche. We'll replicate our Google campaigns on Bing if it makes sense to do so. Um, those are kind of the main ones that we look at the majority of the time. It's important yeah. to make sure that the strategies are kind of all tied in together rather than just like being one platform specific, if that makes sense. And yeah, you're right. That's something that's really important is making sure that the intent so what people are searching for or where they're viewing your ad is then tied into the ad creative, the ad copy. That's then tied into the landing page that they visit or the website that they visit. And then that the sales process is smooth as well. So it really, in my opinion, I think the reason many people struggle with paid ads for SaaS companies is because they think of it purely as a, okay, I'm going to run some ads and I'm going to drive as many signups as I can for the lowest cost I possibly can. And whilst that's always the objective, you have to think about what other steps can I take 
to help me see better performance from the ads themselves. And that's where it comes to the sign up flows, the landing page, all of the other stuff that we've talked about. Right. So also the objective uh, when you start out, right? I mean, typically you have your branding objectives and then you have your performance objectives. Basically, it's about creating awareness or actually getting conversions. So that is also very important to be clear at the start at what exactly we're you know, setting out to do. Exactly. And I think um, as an agency, we're so focused purely on the conversion objectives, like which are usually demo bookings or trial signups, right? Because we want to be making sure our clients are seeing the best value possible from their ads. But that would be another thing to add in is that one of the challenges within SaaS is, as, as we said earlier, with there being so many touch points, attribution can be tricky. So um, having proper tracking set up is really important so that you can see where your trials are coming from. You can see where your demo bookings are coming from, et cetera. But we're fully aware that that can be very challenging for a lot of SaaS businesses as well. Um, but you need to also think when you're running ads and when you're working with your team internally that um, you have to have a discussion about attribution because if you were to look through a conversion flow of someone that signed up for a trial, they may have come from an ad originally, but then they might have looked at a blog post, then they might have left, then they may have seen a remarketing ad, then they might have come back directly, and then they've converted on the direct, uh, on the right. direct session, right? And so in situations like that, you have to think as a team, what's more important? Is it the who, like which, which, um, which aspect of our team gets the attribution or is it, okay, we see that this is the campaign that brought them here. We see that this is what's working from a content perspective. Like that's where it does become challenging if you're working within marketing, you're trying to feed back to your CEO, for example, of like, um, within SaaS, we don't have as clear, it's not like e-commerce where you run an ad, someone purchases a product yeah, and you can attribute true. it directly. Like within SaaS, it's a little bit more complex. So that's something you should also, you should also be aware of. Of course, you can track all the individual signups, the demo requests, et cetera. But when you're building out your strategies and talking with your team, you should consider that too. It's all about how, not just marketing, but how the whole team comes together to ultimately drive these conversions. And that'd be something really important to, to add on as well. Yeah, so I, I have a pet beagle and uh, when you compare it with the other other breeds, the other breeds go walking very pretty straight and beagle <laughs> is exactly the opposite. So it's the user journey like, like you're talking about. So, uh, you know, uh, coming back to uh, what we were talking, is there a vertical specific approach uh, that you also recommend uh, in terms of SaaS? Also, there are specific product verticals out there is there some sort of a, a difference in each of these verticals how do you go about that yeah. um not really for, for us like we have the same kind of we have the same structure that we take with all clients that we work with where the where the i guess vertical specific things come in is like as a team we're spending a lot of time um, really getting to know target the target customer the icp what they like to look at where they spend time what's important to them etc but when it comes to actually the ads themselves very rarely do we approach things differently based on specific industry or specific vertical we have a we have a pretty smooth process that we know tends to work very well across our clients and the main the main aspect that we really have to adjust each and every time though is making sure we deep dive into understanding who that customer is and what the what the user journey is like what the buying process is like um, but once you've figured that out um, i wouldn't say you have to approach certain industries within software differently yeah but one uh, one aspect which i definitely want you to uh, spend a little bit time on and yeah. uh, dive a little bit deep is the the funnel right sure. the upper funnel versus middle funnel versus the bottom of the funnel how does that transition, uh, you know, how, the, how does the strategy change uh, sure. during that sort of a journey, right? That process. Cool. 
Yeah, so we, we, I guess we do things slightly differently. We don't necessarily focus all of our campaigns on, okay, this must be top of funnel, this is, this is mid funnel, this is bottom of funnel. I know a lot of, um, a lot of agencies, a lot of marketers do take that approach, which is totally fine. I'm not saying it's wrong by any means, but we're, we're fully aware that there are these different funnel stages, but we, we don't feel like people are defined by the funnel stage that they're at, right? Because everyone buys in a different way. It's like me personally, if I see something that I like, I don't really need much encouragement to sign up for it or purchase it. Whereas there are some people who will need a blog post, who will need an ebook, who will need a sales call. Um, and if we start breaking out everything by funnel positioning on those kind of old school ways of doing things, we actually end up limiting ourselves in the kind of performance that we see. So when we're running ads, we're so purely focused on the conversions that matter to our clients, which are usually trial signups or demo bookings. And those will be our primary objectives. And then secondary objectives are usually things like um, lead magnet downloads or webinar registrations. And so we'll be focusing our campaigns into these two different areas. Now, of course, within our campaigns, we're aware that, for example, remarketing campaigns are very bottom of funnel, right? Because you'll be remarketing to people who have been on the site multiple times, who have looked at high value pages, have shown a high intent. Um, right. So those are the kind of like the ways that we break down by funnel, but the majority of the time we're purely focused on performance metrics. And then the side objectives are things that we know work well to conversion further down the line. And that's where we start promoting webinars and lead magnets, but we only will promote those for paid ads. Also, if we know for a fact that there is a solid follow-up funnel in place there, there is good lead nurturing that happens because otherwise it's a waste of kind of everyone's effort. If you're starting to put paid spend, like I wouldn't recommend putting paid spend behind a content piece just, just because you want to build out a top of funnel audience. If the content piece is no good, if no one's signing up to your email list, if no one's booking a demo or scheduling a trial, et cetera, the only time we run any campaigns focused purely on awareness, if you want to call it that, is when we're running, let's say, video campaigns for our clients and we're trying to build out fresh new audiences and bring people in, then we'll run campaigns focused purely on the objective of gaining like video views, right? And we'll build audiences off the back of people who have watched X percent of multiple videos, for example. And, but other than that, I would really, I know most people actually recommend to define everything by funnel stage, but I'm kind of a little bit different. And I, I actually don't think, I don't think that's the best approach for, for most people. Of course, the content needs to be in sync with the stage of the funnel, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, you know that that definitely matters a lot. That's the main thing is like making sure that when we're considering the position that they're in, whether it's funnel position, whether it's buying intent, whatever you want to call it, you want to make sure that what they're searching for or what they're viewing is aligned with where they're coming from. So if someone's searching for one of those high intent keywords that we mentioned earlier on, I think the example I gave was website identification software. Great. If someone's searching for that, there's no point us serving them an ad where the copy is very top of funnel focused, introducing the potential of a software that can like help you generate more leads from your website. Instead, we want to make sure that the copy is very aligned with what they search for, which is that website identification tracking software. And we Great. want to make sure that the copy ties in knowing that if someone's searching that, they're already aware about who we are and what we do. So we want to share with them um, the final kind of steps to help them gain that conversion. That's where I guess our, our ideas about funnel position start to come in is more aligned with the kind of the copy and the creative that we're serving to people and where they're from. So on Facebook and paid social in our remarketing campaigns, 
in our remarketing campaigns, we usually focus on very different angles and approaches to what we do for our prospecting campaigns. So within remarketing, it will be things like, um, it will be uh, social proof within our ads. It will be, um, it will be like clips from reviews that people have left on G2 or Captera, et cetera. It will be feature specific things because we don't need to sell the, we don't need to sell the idea of the platform and how it helps because they've already seen that. Already crossed. Yeah. So it's like, instead we'll focus on the features that we know are important to those people based on where they've been on the site or the features that we know aid the conversion further down the line. So that's where we start to adjust things based on, based on, I guess, like funnel position or intent. And I think that's, what's really important to be considering when you're not just doing ads, but building out any marketing. If, if you're creating a blog post or doing a YouTube video for something that's like high intent, then you want to make sure the content is aligned with that. If it's, if it's like someone that's just researching for the first time, the content should be aligned with that. And I, I think that goes beyond just paid ads and, and PPC in general. Right. And uh, talking about uh, metrics, like, you know, obviously the, the kind of metrics that you measure actually drives your business and the execution uh, on ground. So what are the kind of uh, metrics? I mean, there is obviously the, uh, the traditional uh, PPC kind of metrics and stuff like that. And, but the whole things are sort of kind of changed in the last, uh, you know, few years and, and it's a whole, uh, the whole approach needs to be very different. So what are the kind of metrics that you recommend uh, clients should look at and uh, specifically focus uh, uh, from PPC? Basically? Yeah. So ov- obviously there's lots of different metrics within ads accounts. There's like click through rates, quality scores, conversion rates, all of these things. Now, my advice to people, uh, we do definitely look at those and spend time looking at those. As an agency, as a team, everyone will, will look at those. But we're always focused on the conversion like metrics. So free trials, like how many free trials has this campaign driven? How many demo requests has this campaign driven? Or if it's a lead magnet focused campaign or a webinar, how many downloads has this generated? How many signups to the webinar has this generated? And we then work back from there. We, we base everything off of that because otherwise, if you start looking at, if your primary metrics that you look at are the more traditional through rates, quality scores, um, impression share, all that kind of stuff. Yes, those are important. But if you start basing your decisions off the back of those, then you're not basing your decisions on things that are driving revenue. You're just basing your decision off of numbers that are kind of top level. Okay. Now, obviously that depends on what the intent of your advertising is. If you're spending loads of money and all you care about is brand awareness and more people seeing your ads, then feel free to, to look at those. But with us, the majority of clients that we work with are so focused on driving as many trial signups, as many demo bookings and as much revenue as possible from their ads when they're at that like mid early stage, maybe they're spending from like 10,000 to 50, 60, $70,000 a month in ads. When you're at, at those kind of budget levels, you just need to be driving the results and seeing the success. Um, so yeah, we, we base everything off the back of those conversion numbers. I know there's marketers out there that say we shouldn't look at those. We shouldn't look at those too much because how many of them, then convert and how many of them then become paying customers. So these are things that you need to be looking at, whether you're an agency and you're talking with it, you need to liaise and like gathering data between their sales team as well. Um, but then of course, within the account, there's all those micro, we look at those other ones as like micro successes or micro metrics, right? Because you do want the ads platforms to be happy with your ads as well. Like if your click through rates are really, really low, then you're not going to have a good conversion volume because less people are going to see your ads. So it's kind of, it's, it's a, it's a gentle balance, but we're always favoring the metrics that are actually important to the, to the businesses that we're, that we're working with, you know? 
and also the the clients need to be quite transparent right in terms of how the conversion have happened and the data flow back to be back to you as an agency uh, the transparency in terms of uh, the source of traffic or the source of actual uh, you know the user uh, yeah, that so that coming back into the system that's uh, something that for a lot of saas companies is very challenging because a lot of people don't know how to do all of this tracking and um, one thing that is really helping us as an agency over the last only literally over the last 2 or 3 months has been we've started working with a couple of different CDPs like customer data platforms um so i i'm happy to give like a shout out to the one that we have a really good relationship with here so there's a company called customer labs they're actually a indian based company i believe and um their founder vision has been a huge a huge help to us so you can look at cdp platforms basically you might have heard anyone watching this might have heard of a tool called segment or something like hull.io customer labs is very similar to those but more focused towards being easy to use for marketers because if you try and use something like segment it can be very challenging sometimes it can take a lot of time to set up different things but we we're, we're using software tools like that to help us tie together all of the different data points so bring in data from the crm bring in data from the chat software from the payment provider from the ads platforms so that we can build a 360 view over each individual and each user and see and map out every single step within their journey so if if you look at something like that that can really help you and that pretty much instantly erases that problem like you don't have to worry about it anymore because you have a full overview of everything that's going on and but most people aren't most people aren't doing that most people are literally just tracking the number of trials the number of demos they don't know exactly who those people are and they sometimes don't the marketing teams don't have clear conversations with the sales teams to see who's converted where have they converted from and that is a big challenge that we see with a lot of SaaS companies and that's why earlier on I was saying it's really important to actually invest in getting your data correct first and getting your tracking set up well getting things working in the back end because if you start spending money and you don't actually know like let's say you can see okay this month I've driven 400 trial signups but if you don't know exactly who those trial signups are and then how many of them converted to paying customers and what campaigns each individual came from then there's no way of actually proving that paid ads is working well for for you. So I know it's funny because like usually when I come on podcasts like this people would expect me to say to try and encourage absolutely everybody to be running ads or to like work with us or whatever but actually I I push back on 75% of the people that we speak to because I think you really should focus on having other things figured out first or coming to someone like us to help support you with building out the ads in a proper way rather than like trying to do it yourself and and messing things up. So yeah, the data is really is really important, but it is a big challenge for everyone. I know people listening to this will will probably have challenges with that, not even from an ads perspective, but from all of their other activities. I would imagine they can see okay, this is the volume of people that are coming from these different channels, but they don't know who those people are or yeah. when they convert. So I would recommend looking at some different customer data platforms if if you're listening to this and you're you're in that position because I think that could help you out a lot. Yeah the surprising surprising thing is that B2C has already already way to way ahead in terms of building out audiences whereas their volumes and their size is like humongous yeah. and it must be much more easier and much more focused for B2B to do that but uh, it's really surprising that audience building is not really sort of kicked in Yeah I'm not too sure why that is actually because like sometimes I do sit here and I think oh if I if I ran an agency working with e-commerce companies it would be a lot easier for 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 us and everyone involved right because it's so clear but um yeah. I guess like 
Yeah, it's interesting. I think the SaaS niche and the SaaS world will catch up eventually. That's like one of the things that we're trying to trying to support and lead on. Like one of our digital designers who does all of our uh, or a lot of our ad creatives and videos and, and gifts. Like we we managed to take her from a an e-com specific agency because like if you look at e- the way that e-commerce companies do marketing, they're always the ones that are kind of at the fourth the forefront or the leading edge because they're able to track all those things. They're tying everything to immediate revenue. Um, so I like when I'm when I'm looking at different SaaS marketing objectives and experiments to be running, I always look at those kind of industries to see what inspiration we can be taking as well. Because you're right, they they they're like. Five, five to 10 steps ahead for some reason, which is, which is funny, as you said, because the deal sizes are worth so much more yeah. within SaaS than like a $30 pair of trainers or something, right? It is, it is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And also uh, the way uh, both uh, look at consumers, right? End of the day, they are consumers. They mm-hmm. are human. They are going through the similar kind of a thing. They are buying a product. So why should it be any different, basically? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, what what uh, uh, flanking strategies along with PPC that you recommend? For example, you already mentioned about how how much importance remarketing has got to do with it, and how important content marketing and the content uh, putting content in place is right yeah. from the start. But are there any other flanking strategies that work really well uh, in tandem? Yeah, um, not nothing that comes to mind aside from like uh, along with the lead magnets that we talked about, like the guides, the content pieces. We we are, we are seeing good success with clients with webinars right now. Like we are able to we're able to drive low cost signups at volume through paid ads, which is good because it brings more people into your into your funnel. And when you look at someone that shows up on a webinar and spends half an hour on a live session with you, they're a lot more engaged than someone who downloads a free guide and then maybe doesn't even read it. So webinars are working well. And then the, the other thing that I would say is, from this is more from a personal perspective, but I think building brand is so important. And one way that we see, like I'm seeing success myself personally with building, with building Hey Digital, our agency is everything's come off the back of my LinkedIn content and my like podcasts and videos that I do. Right. And I, on my podcast, I interviewed a guy called Bill King, who looks after paid ads and SEO at Drift. Everyone listening to this will know Drift. And Bill told me that like, because Drift's brand building has been so great and everyone like knows who they are within our world, his job as a marketer is so much easier. Like he doesn't have any firm data that proves that or backs that up, but he knows for a fact based on what he's seen at previous companies, like his ads convert that little bit better. The sales cycles take a little bit less time. And I think that's an opportunity for a lot of people right now is doubling down on building brand from a, actually from a personal perspective or from an employee's perspective, not from like, okay, you set up your company's page on LinkedIn and on Facebook and you just share content like using yourself, your own personal brand, your employees to be active and engaged. Um, using that Drift playbook from a couple of years ago, there's other companies that do it really well right now. Um, one that comes to mind is called Gravy. I had them on my live stream a few weeks ago. If you look on LinkedIn, you'll probably see someone from yeah. that team posting something. And I think that is a really underutilized strategy as to just how can you be, not just on LinkedIn, but how can you be creating content and sharing stuff that your target market actually cares about because i think as marketers we've all fallen into the trap of producing lead magnet after lead magnet blog post after blog post that people 
they'll read, but it doesn't really impact their life significantly, right? But if you can put together an online event, if you can put together a podcast, create some content that people really resonate with within your target market, I think that's a really underutilized strategy right now to get near enough free traffic and qualified traffic as well. So that would be the other thing I would add on. Yeah, sometimes the organic is forgotten. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, right? It's, yeah. It is funny. yeah. Uh, and uh, just to uh, sort of you know touch upon the budgeting aspect which uh, which is always uh, the question in, in the minds of most of the marketers or most of the yep. people you're working with how do you arrive or how do you decide how much to spend and uh, is there some some magic formula that you have <laughs> yeah it's a really good question so it's one that comes up all the time as you as you said and there isn't a straight answer because it really depends on a number of different metrics one thing i would recommend is if you go to our blog like heydigital.co is our website we do have a couple of posts on there specifically about budget creation and like how to come up with that where we break down a few different formulas that you can utilize and things to consider but ultimately when it comes to budget consideration the main things that you need to consider are okay what are your objectives usually it's paying customers right so then you need to think about you need to work back and think about okay to get however many paying customers we want to set our target to be how many demos or how many trials do we usually need based on our conversion value or sorry based on our conversion rate and then reduce the conversion rate a little bit because sometimes from ads, the conversion might be lower than organic traffic, for example. And then you build back from there, okay, if we need this many trial requests, usually how many website visits do we need to generate that many trial requests? And then you step back and start looking at keyword volumes and other aspects. Now, the only caveat to that is that keyword like the keyword estimation tool in, uh, in Google, it never really gets things totally right. You won't know 100% how many search, like what the volumes are like until you're running ads. But right. that's the way that we would usually start to break things down is think about the end objective in mind and work backwards based on the data that you have. And obviously loop that into, like everyone knows when they're building out a budget, they know roughly what they're willing and able to spend. So like work with that first. Um, and then once you're seeing success, then you can begin scaling or you'll be able to identify opportunities within your accounts to, to spend more. But yeah, I have a pretty thorough post on that on our site, which I would recommend most people check out if they want some like formulas that they can borrow and, and use. I would recommend that. Sure. I'll supplement those links uh, along with the post. I think we've covered most of uh, the important points as far as PPC goes and uh, you really sort of dwelled, uh, you know, deep into a few of those which were important. Just would like to ask you the things probably which you should say that are the sort of a mini playbook for PPC. It's I'll kind of recap a couple of the really important things that we, that we discussed today. The first thing is really making sure that you have spent time on your conversion, like your sign up to paying customer conversion flow and making sure that you um, put together the right email sequences, the right follow-up flows, making sure that your sales team respond to leads quickly when they're coming in, like making sure the foundations are set. Like that's the very first thing. Of course, they can always be improving, but you have to start there. So that's like the biggest takeaway that I want people to think of before they even look at ads. But then the, the next step is, Deciding on, deciding on your budget and like what you're willing to spend. The way that we would usually set it to is anyone thinking about doing paid ads for the first time or running an experiment, assign enough budget for three months. Like don't, don't give up after a month or after a few weeks because the ad platforms need conversion volume. They need data to be able to, for, even for you to be able to make any real decisions. You can't do it if you run ads for two weeks and then give up. So 
decide on a budget, set the budget and stick with it for a three month period. Um, then once you have your budget set, the next thing to look at is you'll know what your budget is. So you'll know how flexible you can be and where you're going to be focusing your effort and your and your energy and tying that into what your objectives are. So um, begin with the highest intent campaigns, begin with the remarketing campaigns, and then as your budget grows or as you're starting to see success, or if you have a larger budget to begin with, um, start looking at how you can be acquiring more people in through expanding out your campaigns within all of the different channels that you're, that you're looking at. Then the next point would be, um, we talked about setting the foundations earlier on, but the next point is making sure you're reviewing the data that's coming through. This is really, really important, making sure you have all of those different pieces, all of your different CRM systems, chat tools, everything else linked together so that you can see what's happening. Um, and then the other thing that's really, really important, if you're running social ads specifically, so Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, is you need to be testing creative at volume. Sometimes we see the biggest difference. Like I think the reason paid social works so well for our clients is because we're able to introduce new creative very often. We're testing lots of different creative, lots of different ad copy. I think you need to do that in order for it to, to work well for you. The only other things to note would be based on what the objectives are and based on what you're promoting, think about how that ties into what the user is either searching for or where they're viewing stuff from and make sure that everything that you're serving to them ties into that experience. And um, if you're running like don't don't run something towards someone that's in the very very initial discovery stages. Don't try and like don't try and share with them really technical in depth stuff to begin with. Like you have to tailor your messaging and your approach depending on on what they're looking for. And I I don't think we need to go past that because I think getting those four or five elements aligned yeah. is challenging for a lot of people and takes and and sometimes takes a lot of time. And ultimately that's why people end up working working with us. But I think if you can nail those four or five things first, then you'll be in a really successful position to move forward. And I guess actually one more thing to add is um, don't spread yourself too thinly because that is a mistake that I see a lot. If people try and test hundreds of different things with a small budget, so they're not seeing anything come through. So that would be just one final thing to, to add on to the end there. Great. Fantastic. Uh, what exciting thing coming out from Hey Digital and also on the SaaS marketing show. Maybe you just want to share a couple of things which you're planning. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much. So I, I would love anyone who's watching this or listening to this, they're obviously interested in SaaS or in B2B marketing. So I have my own podcast, which is called The SaaS Marketing Show. I would love for you to go and check that out. You'll find it anywhere that you watch or listen to podcasts and you'll be able to find it very, very easily. So we interview like marketing leaders at, SaaS companies who have already reached initial like product market fit, They're, the minimum criteria is they must be at least $1 million in annual recurring revenue to come on the show, but we have significantly larger companies than that. So recently we've interviewed companies like ClickFunnels, AREFs, um, Drift, Calendly. Those are really great companies. So go and check that out. That's Right now, that's once a week, but depending on when this episode together, Raj, gets released, from August, we're going to be stepping it up to two episodes a week. So that would be my only real kind of call to action, but I would love, I would love people to go and check out that podcast. And then other stuff, like I'm very active with sharing clips from the podcast with SaaS-focused live streams on LinkedIn mainly, but also on all the other platforms too. Uh, and then, yeah, if anyone wants to learn a little bit more about what we do at Hey Digital or would like some support, if they go to heydigital.co, they'll be able to find everything, everything about us there. Great. Uh, thanks. Thanks a lot for your time. And it was really a wonderful interaction. And I hope uh, the viewers and listeners of uh, my show benefit out of it. And thanks, Dylan. 
Thank you so much. It was really fun. Thanks for all you